All right. Well, you know what? And that's, that's what a body does. We pray together. We believe that God, he can do anything. He does do anything. He does it in different ways. God is good. So I'm going to talk to you guys about catching people. I mean, I literally just made you go out and, and grab people and pray for them. Next, we're going to Ed's after this, and we're doing the same. No, <laughs> just be grabbing people's carts and stuff. It would be kind of fun. Some of you would be terrified. Some of you would be fun. We'd know who was the evangelist in the group. <laughs> but I want to talk to you guys today about that. And I'm going to really get into this. God has just been speaking to me. I'm excited for this word. Every time I go over, I'm like, this is for me. So do you guys know that Jesus came, he died for our sins, and he gave us a way to be in complete right standing with God? Do we know that? If you don't know that, now you do because you just got that information. So blessed. So um, I'm going to read in Matthew 4, and this is when Jesus is like, hey, follow me. And it says, Jesus called out to them and said, Come follow me, and I will transform you into men who can catch people for God. That's good. Immediately, they dropped their nets and left everything behind to follow Jesus. Leaving there, Jesus found three other men sitting in a boat, mending their nets. Two were brothers, Jacob and John, and they were with their father, Zebedee. Jesus called Jacob and John to his side and said to them, Hey, come follow me. And then at once they left their boat and their father and began to follow Jesus. Jesus asked the disciples, he said, hey, follow me. I want you to leave your jobs. You're going to leave your families. And they instantly and completely they did. Is that weird? Because that seems kind of weird to me. They didn't run home and finish things up to say their goodbye. They just followed. They had this big yes. Every time I read that, I think, that seems weird. Like someone's just like, follow me, and you do. That's how you know the presence of God resided on Jesus. Because you, I mean, who's going to give up everything in your life because someone says, follow me? Two words. No, that they did that. It was radical. It was over the top. I mean, that would be like us, someone pulling up to a stoplight and say, hey, follow me, and you just get out of your car and get in their car. Do not do that. That's how you get, you know, maybe abducted. Please don't. I don't, I don't think that's good. Have, but I'm saying is, it was radical. They just stopped in the middle of what they were doing, and they followed Jesus. But they experienced Jesus and his power in ways some of us can really only imagine. They had that water walker faith, because they actually, you know, like Peter walked on water with Jesus. So, that's pretty amazing. It seems really radical and extreme when we hear that. Like, lay, lay your life down for me, Jesus was saying. Follow me. You're going to do what I do now. You used to be fishermen. Now you're going to do something else. Most of us are thinking, I went to college, paid a lot of money to do what I'm doing. I'm not going to just follow you. I don't know you. <laughs> we just met. But that's what happened. But the Spirit of the Lord was on him that they began to follow him. So what does it really mean? I want to talk about what it means to follow. Because sometimes we say, oh, I'm a follower of Christ. I'm a follower of Jesus. You know, I follow the word of God. But what does that mean? If I asked you guys right now today, I probably would get answers like, live a good life. What What does that really mean, though? My good life might not be good for you. You know, maybe I, you don't know. Be kind to people. We'd probably say, you know, show love. 
go to church, maybe read your Bible, uh, maybe do things like give and feed to the poor, you know, pray for others. We'd say, oh, that means we're following Jesus, right? We're doing these things, got them checked off, I'm following Jesus. You know, and all those things are good, and Jesus did all, he did all of those things. They're great. That was what he was doing. Or we might kind of, sometimes our brain goes to the negative and we think, well, if I'm a follower of Jesus, I don't swear, I don't cheat, I don't lie, I don't steal, I don't hurt people, which are also all good choices. (laughs) Please choose those. Um, And so we think, well, this is how we are a follower. And most people would say this, what? Just be a good person. You're a good person. I don't like, you know what? Some things you think are good, other people might not think are good. What is it? What, who, who sets the standard if it's just be a good person? Am I good enough? Well, at least I didn't, I only hurt my family, not everyone else. So I, am I good enough? With my words, see, that's the difference of being a good person. We can't just be a good person. It's impossible for us to just be good. But that's, that's what we have. Well, at least they're a good person. Well, when you see them in public, they might be good. What about when, they're, when no one's watching them? So we kind of think, well, they're just a good person. So you guys are good people, right? Yeah. Who, I need to go, I need someone to come up, I need someone to come up here and just give me a couple bucks for lunch. First person, just, I'm serious. Like, bring it up. Come on. Nobody has cash. Someone, somebody come up here. Look at that. I can always, I'm, I want to go out to lunch. You're a good person. You want to help me out? Just give me a couple bucks. Just a couple dollars. <laughs> there, that's enough. Two bucks. Yeah, you can sit back down. That's okay. You know what? There's a dollar menu. Thanks. All right, let's just move on. That was good. That was nice. Thanks, John. That'll help me out. He's a good person. I got some money. So I look at that, and so does that make me good? No, does that make John good? You guys are like, oh, he is a good person. He came up and did that. Now we all know John's good. But what Jesus asked us to do was follow me. Surrender your life to me. Don't just copy the things I did, but surrender to give up, you know, to give up what you want and place it in my hands. That was John's money. And I said, hey, I want something. I want to go out to lunch. Can I want somebody, even if it's a dollar, you have all that. Maybe that's all the cash he had. You know, he had credit cards, but he didn't have a lot of cash in there. Give me your money. He did. He did that, right? He surrendered what he had for me, and I didn't have to give him an explanation or anything. And that's what Jesus is saying. Place it in my hands. We look at that sometimes and say, I know, but I'm going to have to give up something. You know, well, I can't do this. Instead of realizing that it's an honor and a joy in seeing all we receive. Sometimes we only look at what we have to give up. We don't look at what we receive. And when we look in God's word, you know, it, it felt good to receive that cash. I liked it. Put it right in my pocket. No one's getting in there. It felt good. But in Matthew 16, I'm going to read for there. It says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely reject, disown your own life. He's pretty clear about that. And you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own, as you continually surrender to my ways. For if you choose self-sacrifice and lose your life for my glory, you will continually discover true life. But if you choose to keep your life for yourself, you will forfeit what you try 
to keep. That's good. I mean, that's not like, I don't think when you hear that, you're like, oh, I'm just so happy. <laughs> Jesus was, he was talking, and he was, he was basically saying, hey, you need to lay down everything for me, and I have something better for you. I love in Hebrews 11, it says, and without faith, living, without faith, faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. So we have to do things in faith. For we come to God in faith, knowing that he is real, and he rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking him. He doesn't just want you to give your life to him because he just wants to hoard everything. He wants it for himself. He wants to control you like a robot. That is not who he is. That is what religion does. Tells you, do all these rules, and you will be good enough and Jesus said, when you give me your life, I give you my righteousness, and you are always good enough. Sometimes we want to hold on to that. You know, but surrender, do you know what surrender, it kind of seems like a negative because we think like wartime or things like that. Surrender, what do you do? It occurs when one group overpowers another group, right? They give in and say, you won. But surrender can also mean to give up completely or agree in favor of another. I love that. To agree in favor of another. Hmm, that's so good. So surrender doesn't have to be that. It's like, I'm just saying that, you know, I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with what you're doing, what you're saying, where you're going. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give up my control for you. When we surrender to Jesus... We're just agreeing to his purpose. You know, we choose to be part of that internal plan. We love Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for well-being and not to trouble you, to give you a future and a hope. When we surrender, that's what we're saying. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Surrender to me. I'm going to make sure that you don't have trouble. I'm going to give you a future and a hope. But sometimes we want to hold on to our own agenda. We attempt to follow Jesus while dragging this weight because we begin to wonder, how much will it require of me? If I do this, if I serve, if I step out and I talk to people, you know, in, in public places, if, 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 if I give up this and in, in, am I going to have, am I going to be provided for? Sometimes we do that, and it's like, I don't know. How much is this going to cost me? And here's the answer. It is everything. It costs you everything. All of your finances, all of your time, all of your thoughts, everything. It does. It costs you everything. Now you're like, I'm out of here, right? <laughs> because we don't want to give up our time. It's my time. That's my money. I went and made it. Well, who allowed you to have an able body to go out and get a job? Christ did. He created in his image. Mark 8, 34, it says, Jesus called the crowd together with his disciples and said to them, If anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself. That means set aside selfish interests and take up his cross expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come and follow me, believing in me, conforming to my example in living, and, if need, be suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. For whatever wishes, 
for whoever wishes to save his life in this world will eventually lose it through death. But whoever loses his life in this world for my sake and the gospel will save it from the consequences of sin and separation from God. Jesus is giving them, you know what? He's saying, this is such a short life. Give this to me and I'm going to give you eternity. That looks like a good, you know, what do you want? Take up our cross, follow him. Denying ourselves, our wants, our needs, what we think is best. A lot of us are parents in here. We may, our kids may think that eating candy and junk food 24-7 is great. And staying up all hours of the night is best for them. But we know better, right? We know that their bodies need sleep. We know that their bodies need good nutrition to grow properly, right? For their teeth to be healthy. All of those things. We understand that as parents. I hope we understand that as parents. But do you see how the difference is? We look at God and when he says, surrender to me, we're like, no. I'm going to eat candy 24-7. And he's like, but do you know that's going to rot your soul? But that's how we see when God says surrender to us, that's how we act. But then we're like, look at our kids, are out of control, thinking that they can talk to me like that. Don't they know I know better? So when we don't surrender to God, that's what we look like. And God's like, I am here to always give you good things, to protect you, to provide for you. I love you. God knew and knows better. All right, John, I need you to come back up here, though. Come on. See, but look, his thought, he wants to surrender. Um, I asked you to come up and surrender, even a little bit. And people are thinking, you know, I don't want to get out of my seat. I don't want to go up there. Oh, I got it. It's my money. And um, I looked at that, and in giving up, you gave up something. And the way that God works is he always gives you something better. And so when I asked that for you, I already had a plan in my heart to just bless you. You have to. You can do whatever you want to it. But not only that, God doesn't, when we surrender to him, he doesn't only give us something better. He also gives us the desires of his heart. So also, you get yours, you get yours back too. So I just want to thank you. But that is how God works. Isn't that amazing? But when we have that dollar sitting in our pocket and we're like, I don't want to get up there, that's fine. Oh, I don't want to go up there because that might be embarrassing. God's like, when you surrender to me, I always have something better for you. Do you see how that is? We want to keep that $2. $2. God knows our need. It's so good. He always wants to give you something better. That's why he asks you to surrender, because he knows better than we know. He wants to do far above. Some of you guys are like, I wish I would have went up there right now. I can see. You're like, especially the young people are like, I wish I would have brought a dog. <laughs> Next time I saw you guys to come up, I'm be, you guys are going to be running up here and be like, uh, the first one up here actually gets to do all the chores in my house. <laughs> oh, something I've always learned. Now, this is Whenever a pastor asks you to come up, you just come up. Because it's probably always going to be good. Because, you know, if they're talking about following the Lord, that means they're probably following the Lord. <laughs> that means you're going to get blessing. If they're getting blessed and they're following Jesus, what's following? 
blessing. So it's just fun. I just, it's just fun to follow the Lord because he's just so good. And that's what God did. When, when he asked us to surrender, he's not taking what you have. He's just taking it and transforming it with the blood of Jesus and making it better. He's giving you back something better, something eternal, something that is joyful, something that has purpose. So when we lay it all down, you think, you know what he does? I love in Psalm 37, I love that it says, he gives us the desires of our heart. No, he doesn't say he gives us the sins of our heart. So don't be like, well, you know. So if you're wanting something that is sinful, he's not going to give you that. It says he gives us the desires, and if a desire is created by the Lord. So if you're like, well, God told me to lay this down, and I wanted to have, you know, this and this and this, God knows that. He will bring that around. I mean, we have this cute little baby that is new this week. And you know what? They went through a lot of things. They laid things down for the Lord. And God said, I know. I'm still, it doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter what it's looked like. You're following me, and I'm going to give you the desires of my heart. And he did that for them. That was amazing. They didn't think, well, God just doesn't want us to have baby. It's his will. No. God says he'll give you the desires of your heart. It's so good. We get all of these things. So the things that that we think, well, I have to give up this, I have to give up my time, I have to actually show up at church and I have to actually talk to people and minister to people, give them a prophetic word, pray with them. You want me to get up out of my seat and pray for somebody? Yes, I do. I actually want every single person should be doing that every single week, probably every day of their life. That was really, really... (laughs) That seemed a little rough, didn't it? But yeah, I actually do because you get blessed in that. I'll tell you, most of the time I have had physical healing in my body when I was laying hands praying for someone else to be healed. Most of the time that God has healed emotional is when I'm standing and worshiping and singing to him instead of being like, well, when's worship going to be over? I hate standing. (laughs) Got to make sure I fit in. You know what I mean? God, you're taking so much from me. Yeah, he wants that because he knows what it's going to do for you. You know what we get? We get peace that is more valuable than any wealth. You can have all the money in the world, and if you don't have peace in your life, it is not worth a dime. I have seen very rich people who are very sad. Their angry for resting faith never moves, never changes. You get joy that in seasons that seem unbearable, You get through our survivable because you have joy. Probably everybody in here has went through a season that you feel, how did I even get through there? This is unbearable. This is terrible. This is the worst season of my life. But you get through it because you have joy. God gave that to you. When he said, surrender to me, he said, I'm giving this to you. You get freedom. Just knowing I can choose keeps my heart from wanting to rebel. When you have little kids, we teach our kids, we give them little choices, right? Even at a teeny, teeny age, why? Because that keeps their heart from rebelling because when you have the right to choose, you begin to make good choices. You teach them from little. And that's kind of just knowing that we have the freedom to choose Christ, we choose to not rebel against him. 
love. You guys, 1 Corinthians 13. If you don't know what love is, it is all up in there. Just read it. I'm not going to go through. Mercy. I am glad I don't get what I deserve. Sometimes my attitude, sometimes my actions, and sometimes my choices, you know, are not great. I am glad I am alive for some things. Like, I'm glad God had mercy on me. It's not like, well, she rode out in front of that car on her bike. You know what? Just come to heaven now. No, God just saved me and gave me mercy and said, you know what? She probably wasn't thinking right. You know, he gives us grace. He gives us a presence that soothes. He gives us wisdom that our intellect does not understand. How many of you guys have had, like, wisdom on something and you're like, I never learned that. Like, how do I know this? I always had people coming up saying, how do you know that about, like, kids or raising kids, like, you or teenagers? I was like, that is from the Lord. That is supernatural wisdom because I'm just getting into teenagers. You know, my kids were little. But I asked God, and he said, yeah, I'm giving that to you. That's why I wanted you to surrender to me so that you can have my wisdom. And that happens all because we say, I trust him. And say, hey, just take it, Lord. You can do way better with this. You can direct me way better. We, choose, we can choose Jesus or we can choose ourselves. And I have done both. And probably most of us in here have done that. We've chose ourselves sometimes. You ever notice people, maybe, I mean, maybe it's America culture, but I don't know. But they're like, I just got to love myself first. When I hear that, I just got to do me right now. Just got to do me today. I'm just living my truth. That's when the Lord has to come on me because I want to just punch people. <laughs> Say that sometimes. You're like, what's your truth? Maybe your truth is like, I think, every, I think that, you know, I should be able to rob banks and cheat and lie and steal. Maybe that's your truth. So what, so living my truth. Do you ever see the people that are, like, living like that? They're always posting on social media and stuff, all of those type of things. They seem to not be doing very good. They're like, do you have the number for depression? You have this. Some, you know what I mean? I'm like, if you're just so good at this, why are you always down and you always have to go try to get what you need? Why are your needs never met? I mean, you're working really hard at this, right? I, I watch that, and I'm thinking, man, you're not getting anything you want. But you're still trying to, you know, put yourself first and doing you and living your truth. And we seem to justify this need to justify our choices and our actions. And it's okay if we hurt other people while we're walking out our truth, right? Have you ever seen people do that? No? I have a lot. I've seen parents walk away from their children in their families to find, I just got to find myself. I was just young when I had kids, and, and I never got to just experience life. I just got to do that. I got to do this for me for a while. So it's okay for you to hurt your kids and your family so that you can live your truth? That's not okay, is it? Does anyone here, I mean, if you don't know, the answer is no, it's not okay. It's not okay to hurt other people so that you can have what you want. That is never okay. But we act like if someone says that's not okay, we will like freak out. I mean, don't say that it's not okay on like Facebook. People will be freaking out on you. If you say, oh, no, actually it's not okay. You know what, you made that choice. You made that responsibility. Now you take care of your kids. 
You know, people be like, well, you just don't know. You know what I've been through? I don't care what you've been through. Jesus cares what you've been through. He'll help you. I can't probably do anything right now for you. Let him come in, surrender that. He'll give you the wisdom. But you know, it's not okay to do that. My best life is in him. Your best life is in him. People who are trying to live their best life, they don't realize your best life is in Christ. You are created in his image, so your best life is in him. Because my truth is not the truth. There's a lot of things that I believed growing up that were lies. They were truth to me, but they weren't the truth. But the great thing about the truth, God's truth, it will always bring freedom and not destruction. We have had so many people in our lives, me and Matt, we've had so many people in our lives ask us, how do you do ministry the way you guys do ministry all these years without getting burnt out? without taking all these breaks and sabbaticals and, and how do you preach every week? You know, most, most ministers have just a few messages and they, that's all they do. And people have asked us that throughout the years because we've done youth, we just, we've done that. And, and it's very easy. It's easy when you love others well. It's easy when you surrender to Christ because you love others well and you begin to take care of them. It's easy to reach out to them. It's easy to spend time with them. It's easy to serve, to give, to feed them, to give up your time, to give up your money. It's easy, you know, to do that. In turn, when you do that, they begin to pick up that nature, that characteristic of God that you got from Christ. And you know what they do? They take care of you. They help meet your needs. You become kingdom. You become family in doing that. So we don't have to go out and get everything for ourselves. Sometimes when we give, it comes back because other people are living kingdom life. They're, they're, you begin to live your best life because you're taking care of others, and in turn you're being taken care of well. That's what it, that's what it means when we surrender to Christ. We become a servant. We become a giver. In turn, it comes back to us. We don't do it because of that. That's just a benefit and a blessing that we get. You know, you give and it comes back. I love Luke 6.38, you know. Give and it shall be given unto you. More than we could ever do for ourselves. More than we could ever find wandering around looking for something better. Surrender means God wants your heart. He wants your devotion. When we do that, all those good things, being kind, loving, going to church, preaching the gospel, you know, we begin to, we begin to not do other things, like I said, about like lying, stealing, cheating, because when we give him our heart, our desire is to follow him. It's our desire is to follow Jesus more and more. And because we've tasted that freedom, we desire his love and his joy, and we want to experience it. So we do all these things, and we, and we walk in obedience. We begin to change our actions. We begin to change our mindsets because our heart and soul is following Jesus, so it automatically just begins to happen. You don't have to make it happen. You just become kind. You become loving. You become giving. You, you want to take lying and cheating and stealing out of your life just because you're following him. We meet, when we meet Jesus, we die to ourselves. We make room, we receive, and you know what? The next day, so I, we meet Jesus, and we die to ourselves. And the next day you wake up, you know what you do? 
You meet Jesus and you die to yourself. It's every day. It isn't just once, it's every day. And sometimes we wake up and we walk in self and we repent of that and God, he forgives us and then we die to self again. His ways are higher. His ways are better. He wants better for us, way more than we could ever imagine for ourselves. He wants us to have full access. That means we have to surrender. So if there's something that you're holding on to, God's saying, give it to me. He can make it better. He will turn $2 into $100 for you in whatever that is. If it's an emotional place in your life, a spiritual place, a physical place, that's what he is waiting to do. He's just waiting for you to surrender and quit trying to go out and get what you need. Everything you need is in Christ Jesus. Agree? That's good. Let's pray.